EM Board Bombs. Now, here's doctors Iltafat Hussein and Blake Briggs. Welcome back to another EM Board Bombs podcast where board studying is extremely enjoyable. Hence the alliteration there. <laughs> I'm Blake Briggs, and I'm joined today by Dr. Hussein. For each 10-minute episode, up? you can gain high yield, high yield, I say that again, board knowledge. As we like to say, you come for the stems, and you stay around longer for the content. Please subscribe for free updates, free episodes, as well as free printed handouts on various topics by going to our website at emboardbombs.com. And again, that is emboardbombs.com. And now for the best part of the day, are you ready for the topic? I am. I've been waiting for this one. I like it. Awesome. Awesome. All right. Here we go. I'm going to read the question. Dr. Hussein's going to mentally think about it with chin stroking. I am doing that, actually. I am chin stroking. <laughs> a 29-year-old male is brought by EMS after being found at home listening to a Skrillex dubstep mix to which he was doing a modified Zumba workout. The modified Zumba, classic. Yes. The patient has an athletic build. Ooh, I know where this is going. And nearly missed a varsity basketball position at the local college, San Reboa State University. We're not going to even explain that. Don't even explain that. San Reboa State. If they don't get it, you just got to Google it. No. <laughs> he presents hypertensive. With blood pressure 175 over 98 and is dyspneic with tearing chest pain. The patient's main concern is whether or not he can continue to listen to dubstep with his Zumba. That'll be my concern too. Which of the following is true? We got four answer choices here, four possibilities. Choice A, Marfan syndrome alone has nearly a 25% risk of aortic dissection. Choice B, CT chest is the most accurate test for aortic dissection. Choice C. Of all physical exam findings, pulse deficit is the most reliable. Choice D. Differences between blood pressure in each arm is highly sensitive. The correct answer here, we're going to pause for effect. Let it sink in. The correct answer here is choice C. Of all physical exam findings, pulse deficit is the most reliable. Yeah, you know, aortic dissections are definitely one of those sphincter tightening moments in, in the emergency department, right? Oh, yeah. Um, it, it, they're, they're difficult to diagnose. And in this case, obviously, we're giving you a patient who athletic build, uh, you know, the patient is, you know, missed a, a varsity basketball position. So you're assuming it's, um, you know, a patient who's tall, long arms. Uh, you know, these are things that are alluding to essentially what? You know, Marfan syndrome. We kind of mentioned it in one of our answers courses as well. So greater than 50% of Marfan's patients have it. Um, and, that is but, super but, high. That I, is I super always high. see that stat. I always see that stat and I'm just blown yeah. away. I'm like, yeah. super high. Yeah. And, you know, like less than 10% of all dissections are Marfan's, right? So mm -hmm. it's one of those situations. I mean, I, I, I was taking care of a patient with Marfan's, you know, just the other day, they're in their 20s, and they'd already had, I think, like six or seven CT dissection uh, you know, <laughs> studies. And because I, I told them, and then that's what they're specifically told when you look at the primary, you know, primary care notes and 
if you have any type of chest pain, you'd be showing up to the ER. Uh, so it's, it's definitely one of those things that you should have in the back of your mind, especially when this type of stem on a board question is brought up, right? So, mm-hmm. you know, some of the key questions that, that you're going to be presented with, well, first of all, uh, some other key stats, you know, 25% have no hypertension history and one third are normal tensive. And, you know, it's even more frightening, right? Because it's not like the yeah. typical that you read about. Uh, the, the key thing we were trying to get to, again, that correct answer choice being C, was that pulse deficit between upper extremity is the most reliable finding, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, it, it's important too, because uh, oftentimes people think, you know, upper extremity, just like, you know, one area pulse, or what, what exactly is pulse deficit? We'll get into that um, and how that might be presented to you on the boards. So three questions to ask. Um, the quality of pain, you know, is it tearing? That's a word that they oftentimes like to use on board questions and even in oral boards as well. A pain intensity on onset, you know, abrupt, you know, that's key. And then the radiation to the back, right? So the way I look at it is if on a board question or even oral boards, they describe tearing pain, radiating, you know, to the back, abrupt onset, you really should be thinking about dissection there. If your chest pain, you know, isn't being relieved with IV opioids, you know, you're giving things um, well, first of all, you shouldn't be given really morphine for ACS if you're worried about that. But, you know, again, if you're giving things like fentanyl, Dilaudid uh, for chest pain, uh, you should consider dissection um, uh, as well because the pain can be intermittent. And, um, you know, chest pain with neuro findings, that's another key thing, right? That's very diagnostic. For and we'll get into that, how the neuro finding part can be that thing that brings the picture all together. And pain. Yep. I've personally seen that. Like there was. Yes. Yeah, there was a patient that came in as a code stroke and turned out, whoops, they had a dissection instead. Exactly. And you get on the CTCTA. Right, right. And you get you know, on the CTCTAs. And, and unfortunately, these folks do get TPA sometimes, you know, uh, because it's not caught. So it definitely happens. Uh, that's pretty suboptimal. Diagnosis. That's very suboptimal. Very mediocre. So, yeah. So when syncope occurs, you know, think tamponade uh, from dissection. Uh, the most accurate testing, you know, MRI, CT, TTE. Again, though, for an emergency room, you're looking at that chest X-ray um, finding, uh, but also that CT finding, right? Yeah, this is something that came up in. I mean, we learned this in med school. It's it's part. This is a game that boards like to play. It's like a difference between the most accurate test and the test you would get. You know, it's the the best next step versus the most accurate next step. The most accurate test, as Dr. Hussain just said, is MRI. And I've been fooled by this personally. You know, I, I remember having a question similar to this, asking, hey, what's the, what's, the, what's the most accurate test to really show an aortic dissection? And that's going to be an MRI. Um, however, we don't do those in the ED. Obviously, you would yeah. get a CT. That's the next best step you would get. But this question, that was one of the answer choices. I believe it was choice uh, B. It said CT chest is the most accurate test, and that's incorrect. MRI is. Right, right. And that's a great point. I'm glad you brought that up as well. Again, it or like to trick you up on things like this. So you have to catch that wording because you might think you have a slam dunk answer here. But again, if they use the word accurate versus next step, right? So always mm-hmm. look at that stem. So aortic dissection treatment in order of most important, what are you giving Dr. Brady? Totally giving beta blockers. And if you had to go one step further to this, because I've been pimped on this before in med school, you're going to give Esmolol. Esmolol is easily titratable. It shuts off quickly, short duration of action. But that's the one you want to go for. Um, right. If you don't have Esmolol, labetalol is a great choice after that. Right, right. No, great point. And here are some of those key findings that should help you bring it all together. Again, this is actually good for oral boards as well. But mm-hmm. chest pain, pulse deficit, hypotension. Syncope, murmur, 
neuro deficits, you know, bringing all of that together, but really just that neuro deficit and chest pain. That was like a haiku. Yeah, I know. He really wrote a dissection haikus. We should write one. Why are, why are we not writing one right now? <laughs> I don't know. You know I don't I, know. I, I feel like you're into those haikus. Do you, when you go to the beach, do you read those at the beach? You know, I'll be honest with you, never. Never. <laughs> never. <laughs> never. We're going to wrap this up by talking about pulse deficit, right? So pulse deficits, when you have pulse deficits, they're a common finding in patients, especially with a type A aortic dissection. And those are the ones that you, you know, really identify a patient who's very high risk because we've all had, you know, patients with aortic dissection are somewhat stable-ish, but then we also have the ones that are crashing, right? And so pulse deficits are where oftentimes, you know, the ones that are crashing, that's what they have. So that refers to a weakening of the pulse noted on palpation. And this can be in the carotid, the brachial or femoral arteries. And this is, as a result, think of that obstructed process that's going on, you know, obstruction of the blood flow by that intimal flap or compression, uh, you know, by a false lumen that's been created, right? Anything else that you want to talk about when it comes to pulse deficit, Dr. Briggs? Um, in terms of systolic blood pressure, if you want to test that, that's different from pulse deficit. That's important. And, that is yeah. different from pulse deficit. So oftentimes, it's I'll not have, as good. Not yeah, as good. Not as good. So oftentimes, I'll have uh, med students or even residents, you know, getting blood pressures in both arms, and that again, you need to sit there and you need to palpate um, and mm-hmm. see if you're, you know, having actual pulse deficit. This thing sucks to diagnose. You know, in med school, when I was in med school, I learned this. I'm like, ah, tearing chest pain radiates to the back. I just ask those questions. It's not there. We're good. You know, and after literally just after only one year or half a year in residency, I looked this up more in detail because I want to be more educated on it. I'm like, dear Lord, this thing sucks to diagnose. This is very, very difficult to diagnose. Um, there is nothing that sticks out. You know, it's like a big puzzle and yeah. every little thing finally adds up with each other. The history the physical exam findings, which are not that good. And even the history, you know, like hypertension, you would think is a slam dunk. But even that, like 25% of patients, a quarter of the patients that have aortic dissections have normal tests of pressures. Yeah, or That's even crazy. Have low blood pressure, right? Hypo- exactly. Again, just recognizing on boards, these are not slam dunk questions on boards. These can be very difficult. And knowing, you know, what the most specific findings are, physical exam, as Dr. Hussein said, the pulse deficit between upper extremities, the fact that Marfan's patients, greater than half of them have this, but they're overall less than 10% of all cases, you know, that, that is very important. Um, and just remember those three questions to ask. Um, that's, and actually, I do this in real life. I ask these three questions. They've shown to have high likelihood ratios. Um, the quality of the pain being caring or sharp, the pain intensity being abrupted onset, and the radiation is to the back. If you have uh, two out of three of those answers being positive, you have a, actually a pretty strong likelihood. Yeah. And what they oftentimes do is throw that weird neuro finding into you yeah. and make you think it's a stroke. Right. And, and that's where you can just assume this is automatically, oh, this is a totally. stroke. I'm pushing lytics. Um, you should really take a step back when you have a patient who doesn't have the most straightforward presentation, because oftentimes these folks aren't talking, right? Their GCSR is mm-hmm. finished. Uh, they have, you know, everyone's going down the code stroke pathway. And you should really take a step back and ask, uh, you know, and, and try to, you know, you know, again, you know, check the pulses, uh, do a good physical exam, you know, not just a neuro exam. I think that's critical. And just to be clear for our med students listening, just uh, we, we thank you for subscribing if you are. And if you haven't, please subscribe. Um, but one last thing, well, just as a quick bonus, uh, I think we haven't done one of those in a few episodes. Let's do another bonus time. Hashtag addendum. Hashtag bonus. Bonus bomb. 
Now it's time for a bonus bomb. Med students, if you're listening right now, and Dr. Hussain, I know you're you're such a fantastic teacher. Actually, you've won Teacher of the Year Award about 10 years running, right? Is that right? You know, since I've only been... <laughs> since you believe it? ...attending for four years, I just don't think that's possible. <laughs> yeah. Well, we like to look ahead. We're predicting the future. What are the two overarching classifications of these aortic dissections? You know, what do you do for either one? Right, right. So, you know, you're going to have your type A, right? Along with shock, syncope, they're more commonly associated. That's what, what's most commonly associated with dissections of the ascending aorta type A. Mm-hmm. And hypertension, that classic like elevated blood pressure that comes in, that's going to be more your descending type B uh, aortic dissection. And that's the one where you're going to be giving, you know, the drip. Um, and you're going to be, you know, obviously Vasker is going to get involved uh, by both of these. Um, so uh, those are, again, the type A, type B, um, and, you know, remembering the ascending and descending, those are the key differentiations that you need to know. Yeah, one, and, you know, I actually had trouble remembering this as a med student. Um, now it's kind of just been ingrained, but one way I do remember this is that type A is, you can remember either A for ascending, but the way I remember that type A is, you know, the one that needs immediate surgery or surgical intervention is I think of A for arch. And if you think about what's more, you know, what's more surgically or vascular complex, the arch or the descending aorta. And obviously the arches, you have, you know, three sentinel vessels coming off of that makes it a little more complex in terms of plumbing. So I think of complex plumbing, the arch, and I think of surgery. Right, right. And the way I, I remember it is more uh, with the descending is, you know, that a patient's going to be hypertensive. And it's one of those situations where I can kind of manage it with medications. And I'm not, sure, absolutely. Um, you know, I'm not, I'm concerned, very concerned, but not freaking out like I am with the ascending type. <laughs> the level of sphincter <laughs> tightening. Yes, yes, yes. All right. So uh, I think we're good here. So you ready to lead us out? Remember to subscribe on our website, uh, emboardbombs.com. Also subscribe on iTunes. Uh, f- on our podcast, uh, you'll get automatic updates. Uh, drop a nice review if you like what we're doing. If you don't, then just unsubscribe. You don't have to listen. You don't have to listen. But we hope you do. We hope you enjoyed your time. Um, and we'll see you next time.